Hallelujah. Oh, God is so loving. Amen. He is, uh, I just love to feel His presence. I love to, to worship Him with people of like faith. I mean, it's so special when we can worship Him in our private time. Uh, th- that intimacy is so wonderful. But there's something about being in the place of the corporate anointing where you and I, we can worship Him and we just see so many different things. Uh, hallelujah. Glad that Sister Christie's back with us tonight. Uh, open up your Bibles, if you would, to the book of Hebrews. This is a, a, a perfect setting, the perfect group of people for what is on my heart tonight that the Spirit of God has placed there. In Hebrews chapter 1, uh, it's, it's talking about Jesus and how God the Father is talking to us in the last days through Jesus. And uh, 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 I, I don't want to hold you too long. I, I know everybody's got different appetites and... and uh, you know, you got different size containers and so forth. But uh, so I, I want you to, to, to kind of, there's just 14 verses in this chapter. In your home study time, just read these 14 verses and let the Spirit of God speak to you. Uh, but we'll, for sake of time, we'll just read verses 8 and 9. Uh, but you've you got to see that it's, that, that, that it's talking about how God talks to us through Jesus and how He has... Uh, the whole destiny of your life and my life in these verses, in this chapter. Um, you don't have to look to man. You don't have to look outside, look inside of the, uh, about the Spirit of God in your spirit. And let the, as, as you were testifying tonight, as you were saying, Brother Larry, let the Holy Spirit uh, quicken you and teach you, show you Jesus and everything about your life. But for sake of time, we'll just read verses 8 and 9. Hallelujah. Uh, Hebrews 1 and 8. Uh, but unto the Son, he saith, but unto the Son, uh, God the Father says, uh, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness uh, uh, is the scepter of thy kingdom. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. Verse number 9. Thou hast loved, talking about Jesus, thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore God, even thy God, hath anointed thee, Mark that down in your mind's eye. Highlight it uh, in your Bible, in your Bible app. Hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. God hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. Brother Donnie, would you pray? Lord, thank you for this day you've given us, Lord. Thank you for this time that you have allotted us, Lord. Thank yes. you for this message that comes straight out of our throne room from heaven yes. into our lives, Lord. Give us the understanding to receive it in our hearts, Lord. We mind Satan and all yes. the attempts and all these little worries yes. out of our lives, Lord. Let that true anointing go forth in our, out of our hearts, souls, and lives. In Jesus' name I ask, amen. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Brother Donnie. Thank you for your uh, honoring the Word. Thank you for your presence tonight. I, I'm so thankful and so uh, appreciative that we can be able to serve the Lord together in this part of of his magnificent body. Amen. We've got a work to do. So what's on my heart tonight by the Spirit of God is uh, he wants to advance us in the anointing. He wants to advance us. Are you ready for an advancement? I'm ready for an advancement because in the anointing of God, uh, there is a joy. There is a joy that is unspeakable. There is a joy that is contagious. There is a, a, a joy that uh, destroys yokes and, 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 and brings revelation that, that Jesus is on the scene, that He's on the throne of our heart. He's working and living in us. And so, 
we're, we're going to use this for a text, and then we're going to break off, and we're going to look uh, and, and go through the life of Peter quickly and look at how he advanced in the anointing as he obeyed Jesus, as he walked with the Lord, and we're going to apply that to our life. Amen? But notice right here what it says about Jesus. It says in verse number 9, uh, that Jesus, he loved righteousness. Aren't you glad that he does? And he wants your life to be right. He wants my life to be right. That's why uh, 2 Corinthians 5.21 says that Jesus was made sin that you and I could become righteous. We could become the righteousness of God. He loved righteousness and he hated iniquity. The Bible says if I love God, I'll hate iniquity. And if I don't, I need to come back and I need to check my heart and, and, and maybe make a little adjustment by the the help of the Holy Spirit. Amen? But I want you to concentrate on that part that uh, therefore God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness, the oil of joy above thy fellows. So uh, we, we got to understand some things. You're right here in chapter 1. Look, look at verse 1 in chapter 3. And let's look at this same word that's translated partakers instead of fellows. It's the same Greek word in Hebrews 3 and 1. It says, Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers uh, of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. The reason why I'm doing this, I want you to see that, that the, Jesus has been anointed with the oil of gladness above thy fellows, above his companions, ab- above you and I. Okay, he, had, he has an anointing, but he has the highest anointing available. But since it says that he has been anointed with that highest anointed available and we're in him, then you and I, we have an anointing. All right, drop down to verse 14 for a second witness to the very same thing. The same Greek word is still translated partakers instead of fellows. For we are made partakers of Christ. You're a part of Christ. And Christ is a part of you. He's the head and you're a part of his many-membered body, right? For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold uh, the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. So, so I, I've got to come back and I've got, to, I've got to not let the devil cheat me. Think about all the songs that were sung. Think about the testimonies. You have an anointing that abides in you. And that anointing is what drawed you to salvation. It's what caused you, enabled you, empowered you to be born again. And, and then when you and I yield to that anointing, we get stronger. Because the anointing has free way liberty in our life. See, the more liberty I have, it's because I've been leaning to the Lord. I've been giving the Lord free way. I've been giving Him uh, the first and last say in my life. Because the more liberty I, uh, I give Him, the more liberty I really possess in my own life to be able to do what I truly want to do. If I'm not yielding to the Lord, I'm like Paul in Romans 7. You know, in Romans 7, he said, I don't do what I want to do. But what I don't want to do is what I do do, right? That's what he said, paraphrasing it in our vernacular in modern language. And so, but he said, I'm going to live in Romans 8. And that's what he, he said, I'm going to be in the place where I'm walking. I'm living by the Spirit. And that's what Romans 8 all about. And so that's where you and I want to be. We want to live and, and walk by this Spirit. So, uh, Sister Victoria, put to John 3.34. Let's understand a little bit about Jesus and about this anointing of gladness that was in his life. John three thirty four tells us, uh, For he whom God has sent speaketh the words of God, for God giveth not the Spirit by measure unto him. He's talking about Jesus. In other words, 
Jesus didn't have any limitation. He didn't have the spirit by measure. Tonight, you have an anointing. I have an anointing. And it's by measure of our faithfulness, our obedience, our understanding, our willingness to walk with the Lord. That's what determines our level of how much uh, of the anointing of the Spirit of God we have. But Jesus, when he come, he had the Spirit without measure. So he could do whatever he needed to do. So when you and I come in a service like we are tonight, you bring your anointing, I bring my anointing. We're the body. He's the head. And so there are, in the corporate anointing, so many more things can happen than when I'm alone by myself. Because when I'm alone by myself, I just have my level of anointing. But when I come into God's presence with you, my brothers and sisters, come on, that anointing, it increases exponentially. Isn't that something? And so we've got to walk like that. We've got to live like that. Okay, let's, let's just, we're building this a little bit of faith. Um, Acts 10.38, Sister Victoria, one of my favorite verses of Scripture, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and... When you got the Holy Ghost, you got and. You've got power. With the Holy Ghost and power. And what did that Holy Spirit inspire Jesus to do? Who went about doing good and healing some, all that were oppressed by the devil, for God was... Woo! See, when you've got the anointing of the Spirit of God, you've got the Godhead. You've got God the Father. You've got God the Son. You've got God the Spirit in your life. That's why you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And, and that's why you have this available to you. So, so we, we, we see what uh, Paul is writing to the church here, uh, to the, the Hebrews, to, trying to get them into this place and position. He said that Jesus had this uh, anointing, this anointing that brought gladness, uh, that, that brought uh, joy and liberty like no other. So you and I, we've got to see that in, in our lives, if there's certain areas that, that we don't have gladness, we don't have joy, we don't have the liberty and the freedom and the victory uh, that we should have. It's available to us. See, I've just got to come and I've got to submit that area to Jesus. And I've got to say, Lord, as happy as I am, as joyful as I am in this area, uh, in this area I'm missing out. I want to come back to the, the, the very reality of what the Word says. And I know that you've got something for me in this area. I want to receive it because everything that I receive, I can give out. Come on, everything I receive, I can give out. I, I, I want to be a giver, don't you? Because Jesus said, when I freely receive, I can freely give. Amen. I want to give some things out. I want people to know how real Jesus is, don't you? And, and so tonight, we want to be in the place and the position where we advance in this anointing. We, we allow some things hap to happen to us. Um, Ezekiel 47, let's start in verse number 3. Ezekiel 47, verse number 3. We can look at this. You know the scriptures very well as a template about how uh, we can increase in the anointing or not. Uh, actually, let me read the last part of verse 2 uh, before I read verse 3. The last part of the verse 2 says, There ran out waters on the right side. So here Ezekiel, he's looking and he sees waters running out out on the right side. And that's where a lot of people are. They come to church. They know about Jesus, but they don't know Jesus. And they look and they, and they, they see some things happening, but they're not a part of it. And, and so it's your job, it's my job, it's our role to invite them in and not just see what's going on, 
but to be a participant of what's going on. Because God is a God that is... Well, right now, we see all this division because they're talking about everything being all-inclusive. Jesus is the one that wants to bring people into a place of being inclusive. Amen? He's the one that can be the common denominator that can bring people together. But He's also going to divide us from the flesh. He's going to divide us from the devil. And He's going to divide us from the world. Amen? He is that great uh, unifier, but we've got to be divided for some, from the sin of this world to be able to be unified with Him. Amen? But notice what happens in verse 3. It says, And when the man that had the line in his hand went forth eastward, he measured a thousand cubits, and he brought me through the waters, and the waters were to the ankles. So here uh, I want you to get this picture of, of this anointing flowing out of the throne of God. And, and you and I, we can be at the first level where we just see, see the water, we can just see the anointing. But in verse number 3, all of a sudden we see that we can step out into some things. So... Uh, I remember as a, as a little boy, uh, they took me swimming down at High Banks, and we was down there, and they was and they was trying to get me to get it out in the water. I said, "It's up to my ankles. What more do you want?" You know, because I was afraid of it. Uh, and, and but we don't need to be afraid of the Spirit of God. We we have nothing to fear. And, and so what we want to do is we want to say, "Okay, God, thank you for showing me some things. Let me see that river. Let me see the Spirit of God move." But uh, I, I'm going to step out in it, and I'm going to trust you. And as I step out in it, I, I, I'm going to feel the, the liberty and the freedom and the victory come up to my feet. And when I feel that come up to my feet, then all of a sudden, I've got a choice to make. I, I can just stay right here where I know where I'm at, or I can say, no, by the Spirit of God, I'm going to step out into something different, and I'm going to experience something more. Look what it says in verse 4. Uh and again, he measured a thousand, and he brought me through the waters. The waters were to the knees. And so all of a sudden, see, as you and I trust the Lord and we advance in the anointing, uh, we, we get into a place where uh, I'm not just seeing what God's doing. I'm not just barely stepping into it, but now I'm on my knees. I'm in the place of prayer. I'm in the place of worship. I'm in the place of intercession. I'm in the place of service. I'm in the place of ministry. Because there is an anointing that has come up that caused me to bow down, Jesus to be exalted and be lifted up. And when that happens, oh my goodness, all the possibility of heaven, of the cross, of the empty tomb becomes available through you, the church, to a lost and dying world. Amen? And all of a sudden, he keeps going. Look what it says. And he measured a thousand, and, and he brought me... Uh, through and the waters were to the loins, up to up to his waist. See, when we get to a place in a position where we recognize that you and I, we got born again and we drawed John four, we drawed from the well of salvation. But now we realize John seven has come to pass in our life, and we've got rivers, rivers of living water. Uh, Jesus said, "If any person thirst, just come and drink." John seven thirty seven, and he said, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. And so when we get in that place and position, all of a sudden, if, you, if you've got rivers flowing out of your belly, out of your spirit, that means you're hearing, you're listening, you're following. Come on, you're less likely to be manipulated and, and uh, misled and all of those things that the devil wants to do. And it's because there's more of the spirit and less of you, less of me. But notice what he says. You know the story very well. Verse 5. This is the, the fifth level. And afterward he measured a thousand, and it was a river that I could not pass over, for the waters were risen, waters to swim in a river that could not be passed over. All of a sudden, you and I, when we truly get submerged in the Spirit of God 
and we let the Spirit of God take us where He wants to take us. Oh, the greatest liberty, the greatest peace. The few times I've been there, how wonderful. But see, all of a sudden, if I start leaning to my own understanding, I start uh, thinking about, well, what about this? What about that? And, and, and as I do that, I pull away from that place. And I get back into fear, I get back into doubt, I get back thinking about self and all of those things. No, I want to be swallowed up in this river. I want to advance in this anointing where it's no longer about me or what I think. It's no longer about my limitations or my understanding. It's completely and totally dependent upon what God is pouring out from His throne in my life, through my life, in your life, through your life. Amen? It's available to us. All right. So with that foundation being laid, let's just look at... at, at, uh, Go with me to Matthew chapter 16, and let's look at Peter. And we could look at many people, but for the sake of time, we can hit Peter really quick and see how he advanced. In uh, Matthew chapter 16, Jesus asked this question, starting in verse 13. He says, When Jesus came to the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Verse 14. And they said, Some say they are John the Baptist. Some Elias, others Jeremiah's, uh, or one of the prophets. Verse 15. And he saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? Now think about all the, dis- the disciples are there, and, and they were quick to answer what somebody else said. But all of a sudden, Jesus makes it intimate. He gets personal. And he says, But whom say ye that I, that I am? In verse 16. And Simon Peter answered. So, Here Simon is. He's been walking with Jesus just like the other disciples. And he has a personality of boldness. He has a personality of of being very rambunctious and and speaking. But here God uses uh, those very things that are natural to Peter in a supernatural, in an anointed way. And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ. Now when you see the word Christ... It's the word Christos in the Greek, and it means the anointed one. Come on, Jesus was Christos. He was the anointed one. So when when Peter makes this confession, that means that uh, Peter has moved from uh, just walking with Christ, that there's an anointing come on his life, a revelation has come to him from the Father by the Spirit, and showed him that Jesus is not just a teacher. Jesus is not just a godly man, that Jesus is the answer to sin, to sickness, to strife, to trouble, to heartache. Jesus is the answer to whatever the question might be. That's what Brother Corey was testifying about. Come on. So he said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, uh, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona. Simon uh, means hearing. So here we see that he's hearing. How's he hearing? He calls him Simon Bar-Jonah. Bar, every time you see the word bar in the New Testament, it means son. And what's Jonah? The son of the dove. Come on, he's hearing by the Holy Ghost. And he called it, he said, you're hearing because you are a son of the dove. In other words, you've been called out. You've been drawn by the Spirit of God. You've come to a place where you, you have life. Come on, where death once was. Come on, you tonight, you're hearing because you're children of the Most High God. You've been born again by the Spirit of the living God. That, that Holy Spirit abides, dwells in you. 
Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood is not revealed in unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. Come on. So how does God talk from heaven? By His Spirit. By His Spirit. So here we see this advancement. All of a sudden, uh, we, we see the anointing pulling Peter into the place and the position. Just like the anointing pulled Paul out of the law and gave him a message of grace. Uh, and advanced him just like God advanced every one of his disciples that would receive that anointing. God wants to advance you and I. He wants to take you and I to that next level in him because there is a devil out there. There is a, a darkness out there. There is death out there. And you and I, we have the answer to all of those. This word, Jesus, and you and I have the ability. We have the authorization. Jesus said through Paul that you and I are ambassadors. That means you don't operate by this world's law or this world's system. You operate from heaven. Amen. Isn't that something? Amen. All right. So let's look at Peter here and let's see how things uh, get ex more and more exciting in his life. Go into the book of Acts chapter 1. In Acts chapter 1, we know what happened to, 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 uh, to Peter between that great revelation and Acts chapter 1. Uh, along the way, he got challenged and he... He didn't hold on to the Word of God. Instead of advancing, he pulled back and he denied Christ three times. We know the story. And then Jesus brought him to him in John, uh, in, the, in the last chapter of John there, and he got to renew his testimony. He, he, you know, he said, I love you, Lord, three times. And he renounced his failure. And now he's back in this place. And so here he is uh, before the day of Pentecost. And and, and we know that there's 120 of them here. And look what it says starting in verse 15. Acts 1 and 15. And in those days, Peter stood up. See, the, the anointing, when the anointing advanced you, you're going to stand up. You can't sit down. You, you can't stay where you're at. God's going to always, he, He's going to raise you up because as He raises you up, Jesus gets raised up. Isn't that something? See, the devil wants to say, oh, you better stay humble. Hey, we're humble, but our humility, God said, that's how I'm able to exalt you. Amen? Thank you, Sister Michelle. And in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said, uh, the number together were about 120. Verse 16, what did he say? Men and brethren, this scripture must needs have been fulfilled, which the Holy Ghost by the mouth of David spake before concerning Judas, which was the guide to them that took Jesus. For he was numbered with us and obtained a part of this ministry. Now, I want you to think about this. Peter's a fisherman. Peter can't read. Peter's not a part of the in crowd. So he doesn't have access to the scrolls even if he could read. He don't even know what he's talking about in the natural. He's talking by the Holy Ghost. Amen. The Holy Spirit is advancing just a normal, uneducated person and is bringing out the living Word of God out of His mouth for the 119 that are there to hear to get them ready for the day of Pentecost. Amen. Isn't that something? See, so many times I wouldn't do something. So many times, if you'd be honest with me, you wouldn't do something because you said, I'm not qualified. The Holy Ghost qualifies you. Jesus has sent His Spirit, another comforter to you and I to bring into your spirit what you need when you need it. It's not about what you and I know. Come on, when we talk about what we know, who gets glory in that? 
But when we talk about what the Holy Spirit brings out of your spirit, come on, He gets all the glory. Amen? And so can you imagine here, all of the 119, they look at Peter and they go, wow. They sense something. They remember, I guarantee you, their minds were took back to when the anointing came on Peter before. And he said, this is the Christos. This is the Christ. And so why does that need to be? Because God was going to use Peter to get people in a place for the anointing to fall. Just like he used Paul to get people in a place to come into the, the, the understanding of grace. All of these things. Bringing one new man together. Jew and Gentile. Alright? See how important you are and see how you have influence in people's lives because of the Spirit of God lifting up Jesus in you and through you? Alright. Um, now, he, 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 we won't read all this, but you finish this, uh, this first chapter and you can see how he brings truth and how they're able to move on from the, uh, the, the failure of Judas uh, and get people in that place, in that position for the, the falling of the Spirit. But let's go to chapter 2. And let's see Peter stand up again. Uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 14. You have, I have the people mocking what God is doing in the previous verses. And so Peter stands up. But Peter standing up with the eleven, he lifted up his voice. Now see, this couldn't have happened if he hadn't stood up and said, that's Christos, that's Christ. It couldn't have happened if he hadn't stood up and said, listen, we've got to replace Judas. Because there wouldn't have been 12 of them. There would only been 11. See, what, I'm t- what the Spirit of God is wanting to get in our heart is that to advance in the anointing, we've got to operate with the Lord step by step. Step by, you know, We can't skip a step. As we obey, as we yield, it brings everything in perfect harmony. I've tried to get God to do something, and He said, I can't because you've done skipped this step. Now we've got to go back. We start, but He's faithful. He'll help me. But you know what I mean? I've got to go back and do the first works over. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, he lifted up his voice, and he said unto them, Ye men of Judah, or Judea, and all ye that dwell in Jerusalem. Be this known unto you, and hearken to my words. He couldn't even tell the little old lady that Jesus was his master. Remember? Before he denied Christ. But now all of a sudden, he spent all this time, they spent 40 days in this room. They were afraid to go out. But now all of a sudden, he stands up, and he's talking to the whole crew He's talking to everyone who he was afraid of. All of these people who had come in for this Passover celebration. But you got to see that the scribes and the Pharisees and, and, and all of this mess that he was afraid of is there too. They're within earshot. And he stands up under the anointing. Come on. That's what God's wanting to do to you. He's wanting to raise you up under the anointing. And that thing that used to paralyze you and I with fear, he wants to use us to bring it under the feet of Jesus. Amen? But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice, and he said unto them, Look what he said, Hearken unto my words, verse 15, For these are not drunken, as you suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Once again, he can't read. Isn't this something? You and I, we don't have to depend upon ourselves. I love it. I, 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 I love the story that Sister Mary uh, tells about... 
uh, one of the, I don't remember if it's the first or second, but it's one of the first few messages that she preached, and she, she got to, uh, to the, uh, the minor prophet Habakkuk, uh, or Habakkuk, however you choose to pronounce it. I don't know what the correct way is, but she was talking about that she didn't know how to say it. But God would give her the message. So it wasn't about how to pronounce the prophet's name. It was about preaching the message. And, and, and I love her boldness. I, I love uh, how she speaks the truth in love that will get in your heart, amen, that will change everything about you. That's what we got to do. we got to be in the place where it's not about what we're saying or doing. It's about us yielding and trusting the Lord, amen. So Peter does this. He, he stands up and he gets uh, uh, in the place of speaking the truth in love and 3,000 people get saved. You think God's changed? We, we, I don't know how it's going to happen, but we still got to have our outdoor service somewhere in this community because I'm believing for God to reach out and just move through a group of people when God gives us a place and we just see people saved, born again, healed, delivered, all of these things because God ain't changed. And the more we see people hurting, the more it's going to take place. Okay, uh, go with me over to uh, chapter 3. So let's see how Peter's advancing in the anointing. Now think about it. He couldn't, he couldn't talk about Jesus to a, a little damsel. And he's went to this place where he's standing up in front of all of these people. And now in chapter 3, you know this story very well, so we'll just hit it lightly. He's going to the very place that he wasn't supposed to go. Uh, verse number 1, Acts 3 and 1. Now Peter and John went up together in the temple at the ninth hour or the hour of prayer, uh, being the ninth hour, and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask of alms of them that entered into the temple. So you know this story so very well. Uh, it, it drop down to verse 6. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. So he here he's in a place where... Uh, he knows it's going to bring persecution. It's going to bring trouble because it, uh, they don't like that they're losing their members. The people are leaving their little uh, organization of law and they're coming into the place of, uh, of the grace of God through Jesus Christ. And, and they don't like that. And so, but Peter doesn't, and John doesn't let that stop them. They're advancing in the anointing and they go and they see this lame man and they reach and they grab him by the hand and pick him up. Because they looked and they remembered, they saw what Jesus had done. They saw how he ministered. And Jesus said, the works that I do, boys, ladies, you're going to do the same thing. Amen. And so, uh, look, can we just read this? I'll hurry. And they took him by the hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. Now think about this. um, Not only did he get healed, but he got a miracle. See, a lot of times we're praying for a healing and we need a miracle. And he, in leaping up, stood. The Holy Ghost, come on him, come on. And now he's standing like Peter. He's standing like John. And he stood and he walked. He didn't know how to walk. It's a miracle. And entered into the temple uh, with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was he which set for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. Don't you want to cause people to be amazed? 
I want him to think, my goodness, Jesus, everything I've heard about him, everything that somebody said about him, it's real. He is the Savior. He is the healer. He is the deliverer. Amen? He ain't changed. He's the same yesterday, Hebrews 13, 8. Yesterday, today, and forever. That's your God. Okay. Um, let's go to the fourth chapter. Let's see him advance even more. Uh, Peter's in a, in a situation where uh, he's being persecuted for obeying the Lord. And uh, uh, they, they, they want to ask him in verse number 7. And when they had set uh, Peter and John in their midst, they asked, By what power or by what name have you done this? Verse number 8. Then Peter filled with the Holy Ghost. Wait a minute. I thought he was filled in Acts chapter 2. See, you and I, we have to keep being filled and filled and filled. When we yield to the Lord, every time we yield to the Lord, we are continually being filled. Paul explained that to us in Ephesians chapter 5. He said, and continually be being filled. In other words, you have to keep drinking. I have to keep drinking. And the more that we drink of the, the living water, the spirit of the living God, the more that it comes out of us. And then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, You rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deeds done to the impotent man, by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doeth this man stand here before you whole. Come on, we're talking about boldness. He couldn't tell a little damsel who Jesus was, but now he's telling them they've got the power to cast him into prison and keep him there. They've got the power to say he's blaspheming and to take his life. He didn't care because he's got the power in him. Come on, you've got the power in you. You've got the anointing. The Bible says that the anointing abides, lives within the believer, within you. Amen. So we've got to walk in that. We've got to advance in that. We've got to let that have the first and the final say in our life. Um, drop down to verse 13. He tells us that there's no salvation in any other name. But in verse 13 it says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with. See, when you and I are with Jesus, that's what Brother Donnie was talking about. Have a little talk with Jesus. Come we hadn't talked. When you have a little talk with Jesus, people can tell it. That's what Donnie was testifying about. So you and I were in a place in a position where we, we realize that that, uh, that alone time with Jesus enables us, empowers us, as Brother Corey said this morning, to be able to uh, minister to a people outside the normal sphere because we have an, a, 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 a mission with God in our prayer time. That mission, it comes from the inside, then it goes to the outside. Isn't that something? Come on, we're talking about advancing. Okay, I left you behind there, didn't I? Okay, let's, let's go uh, to, to, to chapter 5. Look, look at how he's advancing in the anointing. Uh, but a certain uh, man named Ananias and Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession and kept back part of the price, his wife also being privy to it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias... 
Why has Satan filled thy heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? Uh, while it remained, was it not thine own? And after it was sold, was it not thine own power? Uh, in thine own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thy heart that thou hast not lied unto men but unto God? So all of a sudden, Peter, he just keeps advancing here. And now he's in the situation where this could be detrimental to the growth of the church because what they're doing, they're wanting, they saw what Barnabas done. Barnabas sold land. He gave it to the church, to, uh, to, to uh, the, the whole people where they could be uh, the, the widows, the orphans, where they could have their needs met. And so they looked at that and they saw how everybody thought so much of Barnabas and they wanted people to think good about them. And, and so what they were doing here was going to be a hurt to the church. And so the Holy Spirit just gave Peter the, dis, the, the, the discerning of spirits. This gift was manifested in his life and he looked in their heart and he didn't see the Holy Ghost. He saw... So he was able to discern that and he was able to put a stop to that because why? Because he's advancing in the anointing. You don't have to be deceived. I don't have to be deceived. The Spirit of God will open up your spiritual eyes and show you what you need to see when you need to see it. Amen? Yeah. All right. Now drop down to, um, to verse 12. Look what happens here. The anointing, because he's advancing, he's obeying the Spirit of God step by step. It says, uh, And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought, worked, uh, generated, caused to be among the people, and they were with all one accord in Solomon's porch. And of the rest durst no man to join himself to them, but the people magnified them. We need to be magnifying Jesus. This is why the persecution come. They were not supposed to stay there. Remember Jesus said, you're supposed to be witnesses to me to the uttermost parts of the earth. That's why the persecution came. Let's do what we're supposed to do, and we don't have to go through the persecution. But anyway, um, notice what happens. And believers were added to the Lord, multitudes both of men and women. Verse 15, insomuch they brought forth the sick unto the streets, and they laid them on beds and couches, that at the least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow them. This is an increase of the anointing. All of a sudden... What is in him is cast to the shadow, the victory, the deliverance, the salvation, the healing, the peace, the, the miracle that is working in Peter. Everywhere he goes, here comes the shadow. The Spirit of God will come and will bring out uh, of your life, out of my life, what we really believe. Amen? It's available. And it's not only available, it's necessary to be transferred. Come on, the anointing is transferable. Here it's transferred by a shadow. In Paul's ministry in Acts uh, chapter 19, uh, about verses 11 and 12, Paul's aprons, his handkerchiefs, it brought healing. It drove out devils. Why? Because what, and all that was is what Paul was wearing when he was working, right. when he's making a tent. And, and they took that off of him. And when they would lay it on somebody that was sick or when they were possessed by a, a, a devil, Come on, they flew from that because that anointing is transferable. What did God tell Moses? He said, you get these 70 elders there, and I'm going to take of the Spirit that's on you, and I'm going to put it on them. That's transferable. So that's why you and I want to advance, because we want to transfer what God is wanting to do in us and through us. All right, verse 16. There came also a multitude out of the cities round about Jerusalem, bringing sick folks 
and them which were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed, some of them. Wow. See, God wants to challenge us to believe Him, to take Him at His word. Amen? I want to advance, don't you? I, I, I want to move forward. Now, uh, go over to chapter 8. In this 8th chapter, you got Philip, the evangelist. He advanced. He went from being a, uh, a deacon uh, to uh, an evangelist. Uh, we, we've got the deacons that, that all messed up of what a deacon is today. But he went from serving, uh, working, ministering to the needs of the people and in one form in the natural that he was so faithful in it that God advanced him to the spiritual. And so he sends him to Samaria. Uh, that's where, you know why he had to send him to Samaria? Because the others wouldn't go. That's why persecution came. They were still hanging back, doing what they wanted to do. I throw that in. That's free of charge. It has nothing to do with it. But you, you need to think about it and maybe ask some questions ahead of time. Amen? All right, so he preaches to them. They all get born again. And look what happens in verse 14, Acts eight fourteen. Now, when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, verse 15, who when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive what? For, verse 16, for as yet he was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized uh, in the name of the Lord, water baptism. They were named in the, water, uh, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Verse 17. Then they laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Ghost. So he's advancing in this anointing. And, and the anointing is transferable. That's why Jesus told you and I that the, you and I are to lay hands on the sick. You, you can transfer that anointing. Uh, that's why uh, Paul told uh, Timothy, he said, stir up the gift that is in you that was uh, come upon you when I laid my hands on you. So when, when you lay hands on somebody, whatever's in you is going to be transferred. That's why you need to be careful about who you let lay hands on you. Make sure that it's of God because we want the Holy Ghost. We want the Spirit of God. We want the promise of God, the gifts of God. We don't want anything else. Because the devil has a counterfeit. He has an imitator of everything that God has in the positive. Amen? All right. So so they, so they, we see this anointing increasing so much that now that what is inside of Peter, what's inside of John, they can lay hands and it can be transferred. That's what we want to do. We want to be in that place. We want to be faithful to the Lord where he can advance us. Okay. Just one more and I'll, 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 I'll let you go. Go to chapter 10. So God trusts Peter so much then that what he done with the Jewish part of the church, he says, I, I'm, I want to get you ready to bring in the Gentiles. And, uh, and of course, we know that ultimately that Peter goes to, to the, uh, he stays mostly with the Jews. And Paul ends up, he ministers some to the Jews, but he goes mostly to the Gentiles. God does a, a work there. But I want you to see how God used Peter uh, in this 10th chapter. We won't take time to read it. But he gets him down to uh, uh, the place where he can minister and, and bring a truth to... See, in, in Cornelius' house, they loved the Lord 
They loved God, but they didn't know about the Lord. They didn't know about Jesus, and they, they had alms, and, and, and they'd done all of these things. But he sends Peter down there, and uh, look at starting at verse 44. After Peter preaches this message to them, Acts 10, 44. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on some of them which heard the word. There's a qualifier. Lord, I want to be a hearer, don't you? Jesus said, I need to have ears to hear. So if I will hear, the Holy Spirit's going to follow me. I'm going to follow you. And they were of the circumcision which believed were astonished. They, they couldn't believe that God could save a Gentile. We need to be astonished because God wants to save some people that we don't think savable. We don't think they're worthy. Well, guess what? <laughs> but God said I was. God said you was. Amen. And they of the circumcised which believed were astonished. And as many as came with Peter, uh, because that on the Gentiles was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. Verse 46. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. And then answered Peter, Can any man, any person, forbid water that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then prayed they, uh, then prayed they him to tarry certain days. So see this advancement. Peter goes from the revelation, Hey, Jesus is Christos. He's the anointed one. To all of a sudden that he's not only founding the, the church in the sense of uh, upon Jesus in, in, the, in the Jewish part, but also in the Gentile part. And, and, and see his life. And you can do the same thing with Paul. You can do the same thing with John. It's a little harder uh, with Paul because there's so much information. But you can look at, at how Paul was blinded to, uh, to what God wanted to do in the church to where all of a sudden he's bringing the full revelation that nobody would ever heard before. Peter said the mysteries that Paul had to bring, he said, it's hard, difficult for me to understand. So my point is, you and I, we can walk with Jesus and we can advance in this anointing and we can cause people to be amazed at God at work in our life. Amen? And I want to be in the place, in the position where as God leads, that I transfer, don't you? I want to transfer the good things of God, the anointing of God, the wisdom of God, the power of God into somebody else. Because the more that you and I give, the more He can get through us, the more He can get to us. I want that, don't you? Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the attention that this wonderful group of people gave to your word tonight. I ask right now that you would touch each one of us Help us to see that you're calling us to advance. Help us to, just to be able to step deeper into your truths. Help us to realize and understand that there is more to do than ever before. Yes, like Brother Donnie said, there is an urgency. And we've been waiting on you for 2,000 years. But we're not really waiting on you. You're waiting on us to fulfill what you've called us to do before the sounding of the trumpet. Lord, let us be in that place and that position where we trust you like never before. And we allow you to have first and final say. We allow you to rule and reign in our life. We allow that anointing just to swallow us up. Let us move from looking 
to stepping in at ankle deep, to knee deep, to waist deep. Let us be swallowed up tonight. Let us step in and just get in the flow of your spirit like never before. We'll be quick to praise you for it. We ask these things in the name of Jesus. Would you come tonight and say, Lord, I'm just going to get at your altar. I'm just going to get swallowed up in you. I, I want to I have a fresh revelation of what you're wanting to do in my life and through my life. Would you come tonight and just let him just minister to you in a new and fresh way? And then we're, and as you do that, we're going to pray together. We're going to, uh, if you'd like to have a fresh impartation of, of anointing, just come and just lift your hands before the Lord and just say, Lord, here I am. I, I, I want you to pour out your spirit on me once again, just like you did, because you haven't changed. If you don't have that joy, if you don't have that, that oil of gladness in every area of your life, come and submit that to the Lord tonight and let Him pour that anointing on you in that area and, and walk in that new level of peace and security and of assurance. Would you come in Jesus' name? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. We